Welcome to the Kyber Radio Rundown, the show where we mash all the Kyber Radio hosts together into one 10 minutes or less podcast by juxtaposing their competing takes on the same topic. I'm Jake Rummel. By day, I produce the Tom and Curly Show, and as soon as that show gets over, I dig through the hours and hours of previous Kyber Radio content to bring you the most golden of nuggets from each show. The story we're covering today, the Woodward tapes. Bob Woodward, the famed Washington Post reporter that helped break the Watergate story, has been talking to Trump for months now. Uh, and last week, he started dropping the audio from those interviews ahead of the release of his new book titled Rage. Apologies if you're like me and you've heard this clip a thousand times already, but I'll keep it quick. This is Trump talking to Woodward in February. It goes through air, Bob. That's always tougher than the touch. You know, the touch, you don't have to touch things, right? But the air, you just breathe the air. and That's how it's uh, passed. And so that's a very tricky one. That's a very delicate one. Uh, it's also more deadly than your, you know, your even your strenuous flus. This is five per, you know, this is 5% versus 1% and less than 1%. You know, so this is deadly stuff. Woodward asked Trump about a month later why there seemed to be a discrepancy between what he was saying about the virus in public and in private. Well, I think, Bob, really, to be honest with sure, you... Sure, I want you to I be. wanted to... Uh, I wanted to always play it down. I still like playing it down. Yes, sir. Because I don't want to create a panic. Let's move on and hear from the hosts. We're going to start with G. Scott on every morning with Ursula Routine from 9 a.m. to noon. He says these tapes are damning, but not for who you might expect. President Trump, that's what I expect out of him. I'm going to tell you what I'm upset about. I'm upset, I'm upset about Bob. Bob, what made you sit on this information so long? Oh, because you wanted to sell a book. Okay, I don't, I don't, I don't like you. Here's the next... Two people that I want to talk about. Dr. Fauci, you sat there and stood there during all of these um, press conferences, all of these task force deals. And, and, and you mean to tell me that you didn't break away and you continue to stay there and stand behind that man during that time, knowing how serious this is? Now, granted, Dr. Fauci, you know about all of this. You're Dr. Fauci. You're the voice for this. And then the scarf lady, Dr. Burks. Same thing. Ursula disagreed, at least when it comes to Bob Woodward himself. I disagree with you on it's not Bob Woodward's uh, job. You're talking about the president who was in a bunch of different interviews and he's trying to sort out what is true here, what is not. And we were learning more and more about coronavirus. I mean, so you're looking at starting in February. I mean, we weren't even talking about it then. President Trump was privy to information that the rest of us were not, whether it's from, you know, what people were warning beforehand, what experts were telling him, what we knew, what was happening in China, et cetera, et cetera. The issues that I have, and, and but you bring up great points, but the issues that I have, too, is President Trump did 18 different interviews with Bob Woodward. And I'm not sure what on earth it was that he was thinking. To answer Ursula's question there, why in the world would Trump talk to Woodward so much? We'll go to Dave Ross of Seattle's Morning News. This is a clip from his conversation with David Farenthold, one of Woodward's colleagues at The Washington Post. I'm reading this morning uh, on on Politico that the reason President Trump kept calling uh, Woodward was that he thought he could charm him into writing a positive book. Is that what you're getting? I have read that. And, and that is Woodward's gift, right? He, he has always managed to get people to talk to him against their own interests. And I think it's because he's a good interviewer. He, he doesn't say very much. He lets the subject believe that the interview is going really, really well um, and doesn't, you know, doesn't stop them. So I, I think Woodward has done this to Trump twice now. And it, 
the fact that Trump hasn't figured it out, I think, tells you something about Woodward and about Trump. So we've seen this story play out countless times before, right? A book on Trump comes out. There's a bunch of headlines about it. There's usually a debate about veracity. Ross and Farenthold talked about why that doesn't seem to be happening this time. Have any holes opened up in, in the Woodward story, or does it all look like it has been meticulously confirmed? Uh, Woodward's books always are meticulous, uh, and I have not seen anybody poke holes in this story. I mean, it, as you said, uh, Woodward has tapes. I mean, we've heard the tapes, and tr- Trump talked to him. Well, that's the other times, amazing so. thing. And he had a—I mean, Trump had to know it was being taped, right? You can't clandestinely tape the president. No, uh, you shouldn't, and I don't think Bob Woodward did. I think he said, "I'm going to run my tape recorder." Um, so yeah, I don't think anybody's poked holes in that because Woodward has him on tape. Dory Monson on from noon to three says you really need to look at the the broader context, the broader political context, and look at what the other politicians were saying at similar times to to really understand what's going on here. This Bob Woodward book story is falling apart. The president said, "I didn't want to panic people." Well, guess who else didn't want him? This is Joe Biden on February 28th. But I want to take a moment to say it's not a time to panic about coronavirus. Hey, all, uh, Jay Inslee. I played you to the Inslee audio yesterday where Jay Inslee admitted that he had to let things get worse in the state of Washington because if he shut down when he first wanted to, the public wouldn't have bought in. So he had to let things get really bad with the outbreak in Washington and then do the shutdown because then the public would buy in. So Inslee was all about politics. It seems intuitive that earlier would be better, but the public health experts have told me if you do it too early, you lose the public's support and you want the public support right in the meat of the epidemic. Oh, so we had to let the epidemic get meatier. Or else the public wouldn't have supported a shutdown. Finally, we'll get our afternoon show in here. John Curley and Tom Tangney came to the conclusion that your take on the Woodward tapes basically comes down to how you define panic. The word panic. By the way, anyway, anybody was... that feels they don't know who Donald Trump is, Donald Trump tells you who he is all the time. He's not hiding anything. That's the thing that people like about him. And they'll say, yeah, I care because he calls it like it is. He does. That's him. What you Except see is doesn't. what you get. Yeah, well, listen. The I, idea, don't wanna, oh, I don't want to panic wanna, people. Panic anybody. Right. <laughs> what president wants to panic people? Nobody yes. wants to panic anybody. Nobody panics. And what would he do differently? He would not do yeah. anything differently. And he likes yeah. to be able to say, I didn't want to panic anyone. Then right. the, the president, whoever's in office, constantly doesn't want to panic anybody in and a the, certain way, but then they want to panic in another way. So they try they to wait. scare you, but they don't want to yeah. scare you too much, but they want to scare you in a direction to make you run like an animal, like a sheep or something in the direction that they want. So they scare you so that you'll do what they want you to do. So but as they don't want to panic. Home, Panic's where you run everywhere, right? Exactly. Yeah. But the thing about panic is people don't panic when they hear the truth. They panic when they feel like they're not getting a straight story, and then it turns out to be worse than it is. Thanks for listening to the first ever Cairo Radio Rundown. We're still working out the kinks here, so if you have feedback for the show, please reach out. The easiest way to get a hold of me is on Twitter, at Jake Rummel. If you want to reach out to any of our Cairo Radio hosts, you can do that via the MindRequest.com inbox. Again, thanks for listening. You don't always have time to listen to every Cairo Radio show, but you'll always have time for the Cairo Rundown. See you on Thursday.